Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So today we are beginning a new series. And the new series, here's the title. Put that title up for me. And it is Rebuild, the story of Nehemiah. If you've never read through the book of Nehemiah, I challenge you to read through it. Um, if you're doing the one-year Bible, you've already read through it this year, depending on which, well, if it's the one-year Bible, it's pretty accurate to say that you've already read through it. I have. But this is a very, very, very important story, and I'm about to tell you why. How many of you know that trials, problems, situations arise all the time, don't they? Some of you, at the sound of my voice today, whether it's on the live stream or in this house, you're going to say, man, Pastor Matt, I'm in the midst of, of trouble right now. I'm going through it right now. You don't have to raise your hand, but think about it. It won't take you long to think, yeah, it's because it's at the forefront of your mind, isn't it? You say, man, we're going through it right now. It's right now. So I believe this is a pertinent word. I am not the best preacher you've ever heard, but I'm a messenger of the Most High God, and I will speak the truth in love today, and I will give you His Word because only His Word can solve your problem. Only proper application of God's Word can deal with your heart and renew your mind and get you through the trial. Sometimes the trial looks like, man, you say, man, it's never going to end. And we've said it for years, right, where we feel many times as humans, our mind clicks, it clicks into a certain gear and we fall into a rut and we say, man, it's always going to be this way. Dear brothers and dear sisters, it's not. It's not. Was it a country song years ago? I love to quote it. It said, if you're going through hell, keep going. I don't know if you remember the song. I'm probably misquoting it, but don't stay there. You're walking through trials. You're walking, Scripture says, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't live there. We don't build our house there. But many times we walk through with grief or whatever. You say, man, I've been in it. I've been through it. And there's all kinds of problems in the world. There is. You don't have to look very far to see problems in your life, problems in the lives of others. But let me speak to you as a believer now. Let's go to John 16, 33. John 16, 33. I love this translation, New Living. Look at what it says. I've quoted this for years. I say it. Often, I probably quote this once or twice a month, but I love how this reads. Look at this. It says, this is Jesus speaking now to his disciples. You're one of his disciples, so am I. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Someone say peace. Uh-huh. It's a hard-to-find word. You can't find it apart from God. He says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Say, oh, peace in whatever else you're looking for that's going to give you peace. No, he says, peace in me. Someone say, peace in him. Uh-huh. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have what? Overcome the world. I think that's mine and Sister Debbie's one of our favorite verses. It is. I, I, just, I just think it is. Let's read the whole verse again one more time. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me, Jesus said. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. Some translations say, you will have trouble. Get used to it. Get ready. You will have trouble. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus said, I can get through it. I can do it. I'm overcoming all these things, and so can you. Scripture says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Scripture says, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Scripture says, through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. 
It takes faith, but it also takes patience. How many of you are waiting on God for something right now? Go ahead and raise your hand. You said, man, I've prayed. I've believed. Hold on. Don't you lay down at the one-yard line. You need to get into that end zone. The end zone can be answered prayer. It can be the goal. It can be whatever you've been holding out hope for. It's coming. So don't give up. So first of all today, let's, let's get into really seriously here. Rebuild the story of Nehemiah. Let's go to Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1. Now to give you some background real quick. The Jews disobeyed God, the Jewish people. We know through them came the promises. Jesus was Jewish in human form. He was God in human form, was Jewish. So God had prepared his people for centuries through the Old Testament law, through the covenant, through through Abraham's faithfulness. And there were many who were faithful. But as a whole, Israel was very unfaithful, very unfaithful. And through Moses, God had promised them. He said, if you depart from me and you worship other idols and you're not faithful to me, I'm going to have you exiled. Now, exile is being taken away as a prisoner of war. Some of you may feel like, man, when I was in the world, I was either in Egypt or I was taken away as a prisoner of war. I was taken away from my place. I was out of sorts. Well, at this point in history, Israel had been crushed by by the Babylonian Empire. And now we see the Persian Empire has taken over the Babylonian Empire. And Israel has gone to waste as the city, Jerusalem, was falling apart. More on that in a moment. But Nehemiah, he had an important position with the king, and we'll get into that in a moment. He stood right next to the king. And I don't want to ruin it for you. Some of you don't know what he did for the king. Very important position. But this man, he was trusted to stand right next to the king as one of the king's guardians in a certain way. And he began to see something unfold according to God's word and according to what was going on with his people. So let's start here at Nehemiah. Chapter 1, verse 1. These are the memoirs of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. In late autumn, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa, the Persian Empire. Han and I, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. They'd been permitted to go back and rebuild the temple, if you recall your Bible history. And they were back and forth between the Persian Empire capital and Jerusalem, Israel, okay? It was a long journey, took months. These people were hardcore. So they came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had what? Returned there from captivity. So many had already gone back from captivity in the Babylonian, now Persian Empire, and they were back in Israel. Many were back in Jerusalem. I say many, some thousands. They'd returned there from captivity, and now he's saying, man, how... Those who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. He asked about those who had returned from captivity and if things were going well for them. What did they say? No hesitation. They said to me, things are not going well for those who returned to the province of Judah. We see trouble. We see a problem. They're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. There's not much left. We see the problem. There's problems everywhere. There's always a problem. You must face problems in life. You you will never get better if you run from problems or try to escape from pain. Everyone faces problems. Destroyed by fire, Miha. Is that verse 3? All right, that's good. So we are presented with the problem. Now I need to tell you something, though. Problems can be opportunities in disguise. They can. I think it may have been a secular 
book years ago. I don't know if the guy was a believer or not, but I saw the title on my Kindle years ago. And I believe he said, the obstacle or the problem is the way. He's, he, and he recommends, I didn't read the book, but he's recommend head toward the problem. There's an opportunity in it. And we're going we're gonna to figure some more of that out today. But once again, problems are opportunities in disguise. Problems can be platforms for getting to the next level and place in God and in your life. I can prove it to you with Romans 8.28. Let me just quote you the scripture. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. You say, man, I got myself in this mess. You've repented. God can take care of it and turn it around. You've got a problem. You say, man, it was somebody's else, somebody else's decision. I shouldn't have even been in this situation. They mishandled me. I was abused. This and that. Okay, that's all right. It can be a platform for getting to the next level in God. All things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to His purpose. Right now in America, you see that walls have crumbled around families, government, our nation, and even churches. COVID caused churches to close down. It's hard to believe, but it did. They closed down. Never before in history had they closed down governments of the world like this for a virus. And I know the virus hit some people hard. Their bodies couldn't handle it. I know that. I'm not making light of that. It, It wiped out some people. But it was blown out of proportion, and the enemy used it to get people out of church and to cause the walls in our families and in personal lives, even in mental health, to crumble. Many of you are looking around in your life, taking inventory right now, going, this wall, that section of the wall has crumbled in my life, and I need to get to it. God needs to help me rebuild that wall. We'll get there. So let me read you John 16, 33 again. Look at this. Jesus said, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome what? The world. He's overcome everything. Everything the world can throw at you, Jesus has overcome, and so can you. The book of Revelation, we read there, the Revelation is at the end of all time when God brings judgments, when there's the great tribulation, all these things, Israel coming to God, all these promises and judgments. Jesus says to the churches, he says, if you will overcome, I'll give you a reward. You've got to overcome. That means there always has to be a problem. For there to be a hero, there has to be a villain. For there to be a victory, there has to be a problem. For there to be a big win, there has to be a trial. I know you're listening today. I know you're absorbing this, but man, this is hitting some of you. I can feel it. It's awfully quiet in here today. Someone say, amen. All right, you still with me? You receiving from God? We've got good news. Come on. So once you confront a problem, here's what we got to do. Let's go to Nehemiah 1.4. So when, when Nehemiah heard this, he was heartbroken. He had a heart for God. He had a heart for, for his people. He was obviously a man of God. He said, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. He said, we're in disgrace, we're in trouble, the walls are broken down, the city's not safe in Jerusalem, we're not much of a country because we were exiled. There's nothing left, really. They've rebuilt the temple partially, or or they were working on it. Look what it says. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and here's the key word, and prayed to the God of heaven. Hmm. Then I said, O Lord God of heaven, I'm going to read you his prayer. The great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. 
Keep going. Listen to my prayer, he said. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own what? Family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. This is a real heartfelt heartfelt prayer. He is crying out to God. My mom always talked about this, crying out to God. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, this was God's message to Moses and to the people of God. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. Mm. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I've chosen for my name to be honored. God will always bring you back to himself if you'll repent. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Oh, Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king what? Favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. I like how this text ends right here. In those days, I was the king's cupbearer. What a great position he held. But sometimes, even in the position you are, it's paid well, it's got prestige, it's got glory and honor. You say, I don't know if I belong here. This is a stepping stone for the next thing. He was the cupbearer of the king. You know the place of honor? That means the king trusted him more than anyone else in the empire. He would taste the king's drinks and eat his food before the king did to make sure it wasn't poisoned. Can you imagine what a job, right? It's a highly honorable job, but you're going, man, I don't want to taste for the king. You start swelling up like a blowfish and turning green and purple, then the king will not eat or drink whatever you just did. Right? You say, I don't, uh, okay, okay, uh, thank you. God bless you as you die and go to heaven. Thanks for protecting me. Can you imagine? Strange job. Very strange job description. But he was very close to the king. Even though his job brought peril and danger, it was a highly honored position, one of the most honorable positions in the whole Persian Empire. And so, after the problem, what did Nehemiah do? He turned to God in what? This is point two today. I'm not going to go real long because I want us to have some altar time as we seek God together today for healings, for trouble, the things we're going through. We're going to have some good altar time together. But after the problem, what did Nehemiah do? He turned to God in prayer. Someone say prayer. Some of you need to get back in the habit of getting back on your knees. Some of you got to get back in the habit of not doing it on your own strength and in your own time and in your own will and in your own way and for your own gain. You need to get back to seeking God in prayer. Don't do anything without prayer. Man, I talk to God about the trips we take, my wife and I. I talk to God about you. I talk to God about the word I'm going to speak, about the sermon I'm going to be a messenger for. I talk to God about meetings I have with staff. I talk to God, man, about our finances. I talk to him about our giving. I talk to him about our day. I talk to him about my day. I praise him. I stay in an attitude and a posture and a place of prayer. Don't wait until there's a problem to get into prayer. But if you, if you have waited, it is a great time to start praying again. Say, man, I, I'm not going to go to God now because I haven't sought him all this time. No, he welcomes you calling out to him, but he may test you through the trial now. There is always a testing for the people of God, always. There's always a testing for everything. Somebody say amen. There's always a testing for If your alarm went off, I'm not done yet, but thank you. 
It is about a 10-minute reminder, 15-minute reminder for the message. I said, man, oh, Pastor Matt, you're going long. Everything is a test. Have you noticed? Have you noticed everything's a test? The world's watching. God, most importantly, God's watching. Your spouse is watching. Say, how are they going to respond to this? Your unbelieving family and friends are going, uh-huh. The devil's got them now. Let's see what they do. Let's see if they cuss. Let's see if they get back on drugs. Let's see if they start acting a fool with the family. They see if they start getting drunk again. No. Mm -mm. When you have a problem, now you take it to God in prayer. Someone say prayer. Mm -hmm. Now this is going to be a progressive message because next week we're going to pick up exactly where we leave off today. Not done yet. But even when we get to my third point today, you're going to see that the third point will into the, lead into the first point next week. So once again, we have a problem. We have prayer. Nehemiah humbled himself. You must always in prayer humble yourself before God. Someone say amen. Always. You don't go in proud and make demands. You can ask God in Jesus' name according to his will, but you go in humbly. You can be a servant-hearted son or daughter. That's what I get from God's Word. We'll always serve God as a true son or daughter. Some of you say, my kids don't serve. Oh, yeah, a lot of you, you teach your kids to serve. You do. It's like, hey, Michael, go get that off the TV for me. Hey, would you go grab that real quick? Uh-huh. They're, your, they're your, your faithful servants. They are. Say, man, I want to have to do this. Well, you don't have to pay rent yet. You don't have to pay a payment yet. You, you can serve now. So in serving God in prayer through the problem, he will begin to speak to you and he'll begin to work it out. Interesting thing that Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes today. And I know Ecclesiastes, if you ever read it, is a bitter pill to swallow. It's like, man, what is up with this guy? He's negative. Let's just simplify. He's saying everything is meaningless apart from serving God and putting him first. That's what he sums up the book with. So you need to get through the whole book, okay? Don't give up and die in Ecclesiastes. He says everything's meaningless. Everything's meaningless. And I get, I get, I'll be honest, I get tired of his attitude a little bit. I've taken it up with God. I say, God, man, Solomon, he was tripping here. But it's interesting how he says that sadness refines you and improves you more than joy and happiness. Isn't that interesting? I got that today because I'm going through something right now. You say, are you just broke down sad, Pastor Matt? No, but I've gone through some stuff this year. My wife and I have. We've gone through some stuff, some losses and some different things. And life has disappointments. But it's interesting how God is always working on me the most through the toughest of times. So I turn around and go back to him in prayer. I say, man, this is tough. Let's take it to God. Let's not wait. Let's pray. So we have the problem. We have prayer. Now I want to read you out of Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1. And I will wrap this sermon up with a third point today. And then we will get to the altar together. Early the following spring in the month of Nisan, March, April, all right, the calendar is not exactly like ours. I don't know the exact date of this. I'm sure it can be cross-referenced with Babylonian and Persian records like Ezra and Nehemiah can be because we know about even now, modern times, historically, we know the dates of king's reigns. Early the following spring in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. There he is doing his job handing the king his drink. I had never, what, before appeared sad in his presence. You ever been sad? Maybe some of you lately said, man, I've been heartbroken lately. There's good news. Hang with me. He's, I've never appeared sad before. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. Very perceptive. That must be why he's king. 
I don't know. I, I imagine the king reaching out. Do y'all still do it? My wife does this. She checks my forehead for fever. Do y'all ever do that with the people around you? Some of you wives do that. My wife goes, you're like, man. She's like, you feeling okay? She'll reach over. She'll be driving. Or I'm driving. She'll go. <laughs> I imagine the king going, you, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You don't look sick. You must be deeply troubled. Huh? Because, you know, when you're sick, it makes you seem like you're troubled or worried. You ever been that sick? Say, man, I feel worried about everything. You're just sick, Mijo. Time to take a nap. Take a towel and I'll go lay down. Or just go lay down. Why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. And remember, the king had absolute authority and power in the empire back then. Power of life and death. They could have you impaled on a pole. They could promote you to great riches and honor. Just like this. So, of course, Nehemiah is very honest here and humble. The man of God, he says, then I was terrified. But I replied, man, even scared, he moved forward. He did it scared. He said, long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins, and the gates have been burned, destroyed by fire. Mm, let's keep going. The king asked, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven. Can you imagine Nehemiah going, Lord, help me. Please help me. I replied, if it pleased the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. Uh-oh. Something powerful is changing. There's a big turning point in the history of Israel, the life of Nehemiah, even in the life of this empire. The king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked, I love this. Look at the accountability. How long will you be gone? When will you return? After I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. I love this because when Nehemiah saw the problem, he moved toward the problem in prayer and he began to develop a plan by going through his authority. Do you see it? He didn't do it alone. He didn't just jump up and quit his job and leave without two-week notice. I'm sure we've all done that before. Once I gave two-week notice, made it a week, said, man, to heck with y'all. I'm out of here. Turned in the keys and left. It was just a weird situation. Um, do I have regrets? Uh, I don't know. It's been over 20 years ago, so we'll just leave it be. I'll own it. But he didn't just turn in the keys or just walk out with the keys. He went through his authority. So there was a problem. He presented it to God with prayer. He said, Lord, give me favor. Can you imagine your employer is the king of this empire? He says, Lord, give me favor with the king. Let him answer me favorably. And then he took a plan to the king because he'd already been in prayer. Do you see that? In making a plan, he moved toward the problem. Don't pretend like you don't have problems in certain areas. You've got to move toward them. There's some things in life you don't deal with. You just give them to God. But there are other things you have to have hands-on activity. You cannot be passive. You've got to deal with it. Are you with me? You've got to step out, take a step of faith. Say, man, I'm scared of this problem. You ever done it scared? You say, man, I've been putting this off. I've procrastinated over the years for lots of reasons. Some I just didn't want to do it. That's usually the reason. But there's been other situations I was scared to deal with. And you can't just stay stuck in the mud there like a stick in the mud. you got to get up, move, say, okay, I've identified the problem. I know it's a situation. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to pray over it. Now I'm going to make a plan and move toward it. God is speaking to hearts this morning. Many of you start to, you need to start formulating a plan. Even today, God's speaking to your heart right now. You're like, why have I put that off? He's drop I prophesy this by the Spirit of God. God's dropping ideas into your heart that are even simple, and they're taking away fear this morning. They're taking away fear because you said, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Well, when you stay there paralyzed, Dad taught me this growing up. You worried? Then you need to act. 
You need to act on it. You need to move toward it now. Act somehow. You've prayed. Now it's time to take steps. So move toward the problem as you continue to pray and honor the authority God has placed in your life. This is the plan to, the, to attack the problem. You think, oh, what, what should I do? Well, God's going to help you. You've got to move toward the problem. I've said it a lot today. This is a brief message. There's always problems. You're going to face them. Jesus said in this world you'll have sorrow, trouble, trials. Fear not, I've overcome the world. I tell you this, he says at the beginning of the verse, so that you can have peace in me. So you've got to go to God in prayer. Scripture says pray about everything. Everything. Man, if you're a golfer, pray about your golf swing. You're a basketball player, pray about scholarships. Pray. You say, man, I'm, I'm past scholarships. Man, pray about your jump shot. Pray about everything. God cares. And pray about the more important things like your family, your walk with God. Problems, serious problems. So we have prayer now. And then as you pray, God will give you a plan so that you can move forward and move toward the problem. Somebody say amen. Don't give up hope. Don't lay down and die. Don't throw up your hands in despair and say, I quit. It's time to move toward the plan. Let's see what God, time to move toward the problem with a plan. Let's see what God does. I feel God depositing hope in your hearts today as a matter of fact. Let's go ahead and pray real quick. I'm going to pray for those who have never accepted Jesus first, and then I'm going to make an altar call. But if there's anyone in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I've never accepted Jesus or made him the Lord of my life. Would you raise your hand today? You cannot begin to solve your own problems without God. So the first step is to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If that's you today, raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. I feel like most of you are saved, have experienced the love of Jesus. He lives within you by faith and through his Holy Spirit. But if there's anyone in the house who says, I've never accepted Jesus, raise your hand, please. All right. Let's pray together. Would you repeat this prayer with me? For those listening hereafter, for those on the live stream, this is very important. Someone say, Heavenly Father, I speak your word. Say, I need you. I'm a sinner without you. I'm so sorry for disappointing you. I'm sorry for breaking your heart. I'm sorry for the sin. Cleanse me. Forgive me, Lord. And say, now, because you accept me, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I believe that he died and rose again for me. Say, Lord, come to live in my heart by your Spirit. Say, I am yours. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for saving me from hell and from my past. In Jesus' name, it's done. Amen. Now I want everybody in this house with your eyes open, go ahead and stand up to your feet, eyes wide open. Let me finish before you come, but I know some of you are itching to get up here because God is moving in your heart. So this altar altar call is multi-pronged today. It's for those of you that need healing in your body, but it's also those, and by default, that's trouble, that's a problem, that's a trial. But also those of you that have other problems or things you're going through and you need to seek God about. You say, well, I can do this at home. Yes, but there's nothing like coming to the altar to take a load off and to leave your burden here. So when you're ready, if you're either ailing in your body 
or you're ailing in relationships, or you're going through depression and anxiety, or you're struggling with something, a problem, you say, man, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I want you to come. Go ahead and come to this altar. Face me. Just come and fill this place in. Fill this place in. Hard not to respond to something like that. And God bless you for your humility. You are welcome to stay in your Thank you. You are welcome to stay in your seat, but you're also welcome to join us at this altar if you want to and you need to. So I'm going to start over here. I want you to continue praying. Everybody in the house, raise your hands. I want you to bow your heads. Just talk to the Lord. Praise Him. Tell Him thank you that He's brought you this far. Tell Him thank you that He's with you. Tell Him thank you that you know He's going to do everything He said He's going to do, whether you feel it or not. You just begin to praise Him. I'm going to touch you briefly. I'm going to go by, and I'm going to touch you briefly. For healing or for your problem, whatever it is, God knows. And we're going to agree right now in Jesus' name. The hand of God is over you right now. The hand of God, the promises of God. Scripture says the promises of God in Jesus are yes and amen. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, because you're taking care of it. You promised us. You promised us, God. You promised. Scripture says that God is not a man that he should lie. He will keep his word to you. Come hell or high water, God will not forget the promises he made to you. God will not forget his promises to you, mijo. God's called you to a higher walk, a deeper walk in him, but he's seen that you've been faithful to him. There were times you wanted to give up and you didn't, but now he's calling you to the deeper things. And he honors you for sticking with it. He does, I feel that. But God is also saying, son, move in closer to me. Go to the next level. Go to the next level. Go to the next level. And he's going to solve this problem, Johnny. Whether it's in your body or in relationships or whatever, he's going to solve it because you have prayed and you're a child of God. In Jesus' name, we believe today. We believe today, Lord God. We thank you, Father God. Healing in bodies, healing in relationships, whatever it is, Father God, whatever it is, you're taking care of it. You promised. You promised. Lord God, you're not a man that you should lie. You're not a man that you should lie. And you promised, God. You promised. Just continue to worship him. Talk to God about it. He's with you. Don't you give up hope. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten you. Just pray. Go ahead. Just pray. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your promises. Thank you, my God, because you're faithful. Thank you, God, because you've never forgotten your people. You have never forgotten what you said to us. You never have. You've never forgotten, Lord God. And we honor you for that. Lord, you've been faithful. Lord, you've been faithful. God's just getting started with you, sis. In Jesus, his promises are yes and amen. I know it's hard to hold out for hope sometimes. Even though God's been so good, sometimes we get in the bog and we feel despair and we get in the mire and we say, man, how am I going to put one foot in front of the other? God, God would say to you, dear daughter, keep holding on to me. I'm not done with you. My plans and purposes for you and your husband and your family are good plans. They will give you hope. 
and a bright and shining day and an expected end. I will take care of you. I promised you, and I am God. I will keep my word. For those who would say, the naysayers who would say, how? God's answer is, I am God. It's that simple. I am God. He will take care of you and your family, your concerns, your worries, your troubles. He's with you. He has promised you, and he's not going to go back on his word. Lord, this family is yours. You know what they face. Whether it's relationship issues with different things, different situations, whether it's health concerns, familial concerns, God, they are yours without a shadow of a doubt. This is a son and daughter of God, a man and a woman of God, called to special and great things. You're not done with them, Father. And you're just getting started with these beautiful kids. You're just getting started with these beautiful kids. Oh, and their life ahead is beautiful. Even through the trials and the tribulations, it's beautiful. Father, I thank you. Because Jesus said in John 16, in this world you will have trials and sorrow, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus himself said that. Aren't you glad? I have overcome the world. Wow. We honor you. We praise you today, Father. We thank you because you're moving in the midst of your people. I thank you, God, that even right now, whether folks realize it or not, problems are being solved right now. A God idea. Someone else has changed their mind. Someone else is making an about face. Someone else is making a 180. Or maybe the folks at this altar are making a 180. But something is clicking into place this morning, and God is resolving you said in your word, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Oh, no, God. We know how to answer that. No. Nothing is too hard for you. Like the song we used to sing, I believe, in the 80s and 90s, nothing is too difficult for you, God. Nothing is too difficult for you, and we honor you, Father. Can you continue to pray and worship him just a moment longer? Just stay in his presence. God is working it out. He's working it out. And sometimes he's got to work it out in us first. Sometimes he's got to work out the kinks, got to straighten up the wires, got to work it out in us first. So just give him praise. Father, we thank you. We honor you today. We praise and worship you because you are good. We thank you, Lord, because there's none like you. We thank you, Lord, that your promises are good. Your hand is sure and strong. Your ways are best. Your plan is perfect. We thank you, God. Bless your name, Lord God. When you're ready, if, if you're ready to go back to your seat, I know Pastor Jen is making her way around. If you'd still like her to pray for you, just wait there. But if you're ready, you can return to your seats. Go right ahead. Go in peace and know that God has answered your prayer. He's seen you and he's heard you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God Most High. Right there in your seats, just, just remain standing if you would. Just raise the hand of the Lord. Just keep talking to him. Just keep praising. Now it's time to thank him for what he's done. Now it's time to thank him for what he's doing. 
Now it's time to thank and praise and honor the name of Jesus for where he's taking you. Somebody I love told me this recently. I said, man, I'm, I've gone through it in this area. And they said, it's because God is taking you to the next level. That meant so much to me. God is taking you to the next level. Men and women of God, hear, hear me. God is taking you to the next level. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. We just worship you. You're always right on time, Father. I bless the name of Jesus. I praise you today, God. I thank you that you've received everything we've asked for today according to your will. I thank you, Lord, that our prayers will never fall on deaf ears like the false gods of the Old Testament that Elijah talked about. We don't have to do crazy stuff to get you to hear us. We just have to set our hearts toward you and turn toward you and pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Worthy is the Lamb. Thank you, God Almighty. Hmm. I don't know who this is for. I want you to look at me. I think you know this, but may, I feel like this is for somebody who might even be on the live stream. Don't you ever be afraid to ask God for anything as long as it's according to His will. If it lines up with His word, don't you be afraid, ashamed, or guilty for asking. There's now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's you who walk not after the flesh, but they walk after the Spirit. Don't you ever be ashamed, dear son of God, dear daughter of God, to ask God for something according to his will. Can I get an amen in here? Let's give the Lord a clap offer today.